You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, y'all. Bayou Benders here to talk to you about the latest from our sponsors, DraftKings. It's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta to compete for the coveted jacket. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. This week, DraftKings has given you a free shot at one of the million-dollar top prizes when you download and sign up using promo code THPN. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is the time. It's easy to play. Pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament tees off early Thursday morning. Then sit back and follow the action. The red numbers they have on the leaderboard, the closer you'll be winning some green. Rack up points for pars, birdies, finishing position, and more. Even though you may not be able to hit the course with the pros, DraftKings has given you the chance to scratch the competitive itch and reign supreme. Download DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at $1 million top prize. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at the $1 million top prize only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I am the newly sunburnt Mason Dixon, joined by my host, the Corey, the Bayou Benders, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. buddy hey y'all i'm Corey. uh i'm paler than ever because i don't see the sun anymore because i'm stuck inside but uh i'm fine well um, let me tell you i saw the fucking sun today and you want to know how did and it open I... up the doors oh because i was out on the <laughs> fucking golf course 18 holes first 18 hole game of the year fucking pumped that we are back in golf season and now I get to come home and watch a Habs game in about 25 minutes so I'm pretty stoked about that how's your day then bud good I don't think you caught the slow drive reference I don't think you were even born when that song came out but uh it's it's fine um I don't know I'm um I'm, I'm skeptical about what's going on and we're definitely going to go into it we're just moments away from puck drop for this tonight's game um i'm kind of upset you know to to lose individuals uh right before a toronto game but if we win this game it's just even a, a better rub in their fucking face that we were down uh the heart and soul of our team and then you know the wall but the wall wasn't expected to play tonight so i think i think we're okay an interesting storyline coming into this game too would have been better with carrie price and net but if Montreal can beat Jack Campbell here, they can preserve Carey Price's record of 10 consecutive wins to start a season, which Jack Campbell is at nine now, so he's approaching. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, keep in mind, Jack Campbell's done this over two and a half months. Carey Price did this in a, just under a month. So right. you tell me what's more impressive, but the boys have to play for Price here. It's a shame he doesn't get to defend his uh, achievement himself, but I'm sure Jake Allen's up to the task. I think Jake is, and you know what? This is this is the perfect moment for Jake Allen to come in and just continue to prove that you know he was he was an amazing pickup for us. Uh, awesome enough, though, you know, uh, as a backup tonight, we do see Caden Primo uh, setting up in warm ups right now. Um, I doubt we'll see any action from Caden Primo, but uh, I think it's awesome to anytime he gets to wear the jersey. It's almost like. Uh, getting a glimpse of what's to come, you know. Uh, yeah, excuse me. I fucking like I thought I was about to sneeze my ass off. Uh <laughs> but but yeah, you know, uh, I guess I guess it can kind of end and right there. Uh how do you feel about Caden Primo? Uh I guess just getting a chance to sit on the bench with the boys again. Um I'm excited about it. Caden Primo is the future of our net. Um He's going to be a star goalie in this league. I genuinely believe that. And, you know, when we've seen him play for the Habs, he's played brilliantly. He's been dominant in the AHL this year. One of the best goalies in the league and on arguably the best team in the league. So I think it's well-deserved. It's unfortunate that it had to be under these circumstances that he's up. And honestly, I don't know if he'll actually see any game time. But, you know, just being up with the boys, getting to work with the, you know, real NHL players, the real NHL squad of hopefully he's on in the next year or two. Um, I think it's only beneficial for him, really. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know if he was in that the other night. Uh, I mean, truthfully, it's one of the only times I've seen the Rockets lose in, in the past month. Um, but kind of getting back to Carey Price for a second, um, I'm sure everyone – like Carey Price is just that big for Montreal that when you hear anything about Carey Price, you know, being day to day or out or just not playing in a game due to what happened uh, in the previous game, you do your research. But if you didn't and you're listening to us for it, no problem. Uh, there's no injury update. There's no they're not listing him as injured or um, or anything like that. It's more or less uh, he's a, he's a bit hurt. It might just be something he needs to just have a, an extra day or to arrest on uh, as far as game days. But um, that is really amazing for us because it's just another tough and another tough moment. Um, Brendan Gallagher, long-term injury. Uh, if you listen to, to to Jesus to Deshaun moments before the game, he meant uh, someone had asked the question if he, if they believed he was going to need surgery. Uh, he said that the doctors are still looking into it. He couldn't really, um, say anything past that but it they're looking at four to six weeks guaranteed broken thumb yeah um definitely took a turn for the worst with that announcement we initially saw one to two weeks with a fracture and mm-hmm. it's turned into a completely broken thumb Brendan gallagher cannot catch a fucking break with his hands holy shit no he can't and it so that's it oh. makes me just like it even more like I, i'm never really a uh I don't really hate Johnny Boychuk until shit like this happens. And then it makes me think about him, you know, Brendan Gallagher, just trying to make an, I wouldn't say make a name for himself, but just play how he plays and block that shot and broke like his thumb and three fingers. I think it was yeah. Like 2015. Like, it's, it's been a tough, tough history. Like I said, with Gallagher's hands and 
since the 2018-19 season, the only one forward has been more effective at scoring goals 5v5, and that's Alexander Hovechkin. So just to kind of show just the caliber in which of offensive talent that he is, um, he's in a tier with Alex Ovechkin. Um, so a big part of this team, obviously wild. that first line. That's a wild yeah, stat. It's crazy. <laughs> but uh, his that first line's been going – popping off, shutting down teams defensively, creating a shit ton of offense. It was a kind of a resurgence for that line. Um, unfortunate that Gallagher's out. Kind of a, well, a huge negative or a huge positive. There only seems to be two groups of people or two opinions of this move on Twitter. Uh, Kotkaniemi on the wing, replacing Brendan Gallagher. He will be on the right wing for Philip Deneau and Tatar on his offside, so the one-timer. And apparently that's where he played in uh, Finland whenever he played on the wing. And keep in mind, he played a lot of wing, even his draft year when we drafted him as a center. Yes, he did. So there's a lot of split opinions on this. And before puck drop, I think this will probably be one of the last things we discussed. And we'll come back after the second period and talk about kind of give an update. Um, what are your thoughts on this move? What are you looking to, uh, what are you expecting to see from this line and KK himself? You know what? I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's a tough blow to lose Brendan Gallagher. But if there's one guy on this team that has proven in the bubble and so far this season, if someone can can try their best to fill uh, Gallagher's shoes, I would give it to Kotkin Yemi. Uh, I don't know what to expect from him on the on the on the right wing tonight. I just know uh, it's not going to change how he's played this entire season so far. I'm expecting a very heavy game from him. Uh, whether or not he sees the score sheet, he's going to be a difference maker. And this is an opportunity for him to, to prove himself uh, as a first-line candidate player. I would like to see him in the, as a center position, but you know what? Alongside Deneau and Tatar, I think this is a very hungry, a very dangerous line. Two guys on that line are – I mean, Deneau, rough start. He's really been running lately. I'm not going to lie. Thomas Tatar, always a threat. This line has finally made it back to their first line, you know, what we expect from them. So I think just adding KK, who's a very hungry player, is going to play very hard. It's just going to make this line maybe maybe not as big, but uh, definitely is going to be impactful tonight. But uh, Eric Stahl, uh, second line alongside uh, Druan and Toffoli. I guess we can cut it off right here, though. But uh, how about – last question, how about uh, – Eric Stahl just making a making a name for himself in Montreal uh, against Edmonton. Well, I kind of want to take it back for a sec because I just want to talk about the KK thing a little okay, bit. Okay, yeah, no problem. That question. Um, I kind of had a similar opinion to a lot of people, and I was kind of upset with the KK thing. And I think I'm emotionally <laughs> scarred with the whole Alexander Galchenyuk thing. Mm-hmm. Alex Galchenyuk, it's just. I don't want to watch that again. The third overall pick thing, European born, like you're kind of, Ooh, that's, you know, scary. It's eerily similar, but I don't, you know, I kind of had these uh, kind of, I don't know. I don't like it. Once I saw he was playing on that line, it made me feel a little better. That's the first line. They're definitely going to get the most minutes tonight. And then hearing KK talk about who's happened. He, he's actually excited. He gets to play with the big guys. He's honored to play. Them. And you know what? If he's excited about it, then I'm okay with it. Because I think KK knows he's a center. So if he doesn't feel he's being moved to position, 
and he's just genuinely excited, then I say fucking go for it because you know what? He's finally going to get to play with some elite talent. And, you know, it's a lot easier for a center to play wing than it is for a wing to play center. And moving on, moving on to the Eric Stahl thing. Welcome fucking home, Eric Stahl. Jesus, what? (laughs) What a fucking way. Like, you you could not write that better in a Hollywood movie, could you? That was just a fairy tale ending to a pretty quiet game. I think he was pretty, you know, making quick plays, not holding on to the puck, just trying to kind of get settled in. And then... Yeah, like finding his bearings and, and just not trying to be a negative player in his first game, you know, just – it almost feels like he was trying to shrug off, like, whatever look that uh, Buffalo still had on him, you know, just trying to trying to move the puck and, well, and not the curse necessarily – go ahead. Sorry, clearly the curse doesn't follow you through cities. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> like – He's got that goal, that goal scoring touch, and he displayed that with, uh, well, 440 NHL goals don't happen for no reason, and that shot fucking beauty. It was beautiful. Um, <laughs> I had to stop and rewind because I was, I was, I couldn't believe it was Eric Stahl. I thought it was just an assist by Eric Stahl. No, it, it, Eric Stahl closes out the night getting our second OT win. I love that when we were going into overtime, the announcers in the game were like, you know, this is this is a team that's definitely been tested in OT and it hasn't really gone their way. But uh what a great night for it. You know, what a what a move to make to have Eric Stahl come in and uh immediately impact us in in a in a position that we've really been struggling, you know. <laughs> that's two that's two for eleven now. Uh OT <laughs> OT wins. Uh, definitely a good thing to see a little frustrating to see Dano and uh, Byron out, out there starting again, but you know what? They played pretty well. Uh, it worked out. We got the dub, so I can't really complain. Right. I do like they, they uh, I like how slow we're being a little bit and I don't mean just like we're playing slow, but like, I love that we're not trying to force something that, that has been a problem with us uh, this whole entire season with, with our, um, with our OT runs is, is we just try to force something. I love that we're kind of hanging back, allowing guys to get in ex- the exact position we want to win. And uh, shit, two OTs in a row, we've done it. Yeah. Um, hopefully, you know, we can finish this one regulation with the big dub for Jake Allen. And uh, I think with that, we're going to kind of conclude this little segment. We, uh, we ran into some time constraints today, but come back for the end of the second period. And I guess for you, it'll be momentarily. Yep. Okay. You guys will talk to y'all soon. Let's go have. All right. We're two periods into this game. Sadly, we can probably not get any more coverage after the game. It'd probably be a little too late for me, but um, how are you feeling going into this? Uh, it's a bit of a, a bit of a, it's boring on the score sheet. I'm bored. I'm falling asleep. But it has been like a pretty fast-paced game. I think there's been chances for both teams. Montreal completely outshot Toronto that period, like 14 to 2 or 3. Uh, I out-muscled, um, out-muscled them as well. Um, yeah, uh, and by that period, I mean the second, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, phenom- what the fuck do you do against that Austin Matthews goal in the first? 
<laughs> uh, Corey Perry and Slick Nick linked up to quickly tie it up. And since then, I don't think there's been high danger scoring chances. Jake Allen's stoned Alex Galchenyuk and made some really nice saves. Uh, played very well. Jack Campbell just stoned Drew in near the end of the period. I think it's a goalie, uh, it's a goalie babble. Right 100% now. right now because you're right. And Jack, uh, Jake Allen has definitely uh, saved us. Uh, I posted on Twitter. It could probably be four one right now, just because um, there was like a bit of an onslaught, uh, onslaught towards the end of the period uh, with Toronto. We were just kind of we couldn't get the puck out the zone, and um, there was at least two or three chances when a rebound could have really stopped us. Uh, well, you know, we we wouldn't have been able to stop it. But uh, Jake Allen, even even that uh, throwing the body out save, just the just to kind of clear the zone was, was really great. Um, but like you said, it, it's really coming down to a, a goaltender battle right now. Um, right at the end, though, if they saw Mark Stahl, that would have been a goal. Um, yeah, I think Eric it was – er, Yeah, yeah. What did I say? You said Mark. Awesome. Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, but, no, uh, Deno, uh, Mark – God, why am why did I say it again? Anyway, Eric Stahl just kind of did like uh like that Corey Perry just kind of glide into position. Wide open shot for him, but um definitely came in a bit at the end and Deno had already committed to the, you know, making making an effort out of out of the position he was in. But uh right at the end, man, we really turned it on and um kind of a little disappointed. We we weren't able to take anything away from that. At least get a rebound or something, you know. Yeah, um, I want to know what your takeaway is on KK so far on the win. Uh, I, I'm not unimpressed. Um, I think he's – I think we saw at times he was, like, getting adjusted, but he's been playing pretty solid, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I think Nick Suzuki's play is a little below average right now, which is taking a lot right now. But uh, I'm not – I don't think there's been enough time to really have something against KK. This is different. Uh, and I think he's playing as good as he can right now. Um, See, I kind of disagree with you. I'm not very impressed with that. Okay. To be perfectly honest. I don't think uh, – I think KK's a lot of the time drifting back into the center of the ice, which is only natural. Right. Okay. Um, I don't think Dano and Tatar work well with him. At least they haven't developed any kind of – so far obviously they haven't had a lot of time to practice with each other mm-hmm. but I, I haven't liked it so far and i guess it's tied 1-1 they've been playing well but if i'm charm i might i might put kk on suzuki's line i might try and mix up something a little bit just to uh kind of get the boys going a little bit here yeah absolutely there was a moment in the in the first and we saw tatar kind of just um send the puck off for like a deflection and that's a hundred percent him being used to Gallagher being in, being in the slot, and he's just, you know, like he, I just saw it, and I was like, he's just going based off of instinct. Like he knows Gallagher would have been right there, and it's just, you know, no one, no one was technically there at that moment. You could see the bit of struggle. This is a uh, last minute, so like you said, like there's just, there's been not a lot of time to like grow a quick chemistry and, you know, it's, it, it's kind of been thrown out there. We did see a bit of a line, a line jumbling in the second, but um, how, how are you feeling about the marks slash Eric Stahl right now? <laughs> um, 
I thought in the second he's played pretty well. There's um, been moments where I'm like, wow, like just just not even in an offensive position, just uh defensively, just just trying to stay uh stay aggressive and, and just just pester, you know, pester the guys when they're trying to go around the back end uh behind Allen. I don't know. I've just been trying to keep more eyes on him because I've truly I've never really cared to watch Eric Stahl. But uh I'm trying. I'm trying to get a better, better view of him. Yeah, he play, he's very calm. He uh, in a weird way, like he makes plays very slowly. I've noticed, but it just seems to work out. He kind of he's very patient with the puck. Yeah, he um, really goes with the flow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just that uh, that veteran patience. You know, <clears throat> he's got it. Yeah, for sure. Um. Okay, so I see a lot of people on Twitter. I mean. They're getting upset, and I'm not gonna lie. At this point, I am noticing it. There's a lot of uh, a lot of they they've said it a couple times um, that we're losing our our edge. And at this point, we only got one penalty. We only got one power play under us, and I feel like it should be a lot more. Yeah, I'm not really gonna. I don't feel the need to comment on the refs. We're playing in Toronto. That's enough said. <laughs> They just uh, – our announcers keep saying that we keep losing our edge. And, like, there was even one where Byron kind of came into the zone. They had two people on him. And it wasn't the best vision. You can't really see the best video on it, but definitely looked like he was kind of tripped up. And they and the, the commentators were like, uh, you know, Byron pays the price for, you know, for coming in uh, uh, like that. And I'm like, well, he definitely got tripped up. Like, you know, there was definitely – more than just them taking the puck away from him. There's been a couple of moments, even even with the worm. The worm finally gets the, uh, the our first power play. But, I mean, I don't know if that's the person I would poke if I'm Austin Matthews. Like, I know that Corey Perry has been really good for us this year, but, like, the wires cross, and you could see it in his eyes that he – we could see the Corey Perry that took out Ryan Ellis. Like, that you could snap – forget about playing an offensive game and <laughs> and just go to drilling somebody like I don't know if that would be the the person I would want to uh to put a high you know to put a stick in his face yeah no I think you're right um it, personally I haven't been as upset with the refs as I have been with the utilization of our defense I think it's evident now that Petrie and Edmondson need to be reunited yes I think Mete and Rowan have played good Try Weber and Kulak. We've never seen it before. Let's see what happens. Um, at the end of the day, I think Edmondson's played fine. I think Weber is a black hole on the defense, not just offensively anymore. I think he's getting sidestepped. I think he's getting outstated. I think he's getting beaten. He's getting I don't know slowly. if he's suffering an injury or if he's just down very rapidly, but mm-hmm. something needs to be done. Jeff Petrie, he keeps getting pucks thrown at him from Kulak. Kulak will be in a bad situation. And, you know, rightfully so, he'll throw the puck to Petrie because he knows Petrie can make a play. And then Petrie kind of gets in a bind, has to dump the puck. You know, those not only hurt his deep underlying numbers, but also just kind of stifle his offensive ability, his freedom to bring the puck up base and do what we love to see him do. And that's create offense while being responsible in the back. So I think something needs to change there because I'm getting tired of watching Weber get night in, night out. I think you're right. Um, I, th- I think the easiest thing is, like, we saw it 
you know, we don't have the trident. The trident's pretty much gone. But like, why not utilize that idea? Why does why are we committing to not swapping? If Weber's looking off, have have Petey go out a show. You know, see if let's get let's get a little something movement. Let's get some movement towards that. But it's like we were so easy easy last season and in the bubble we were just like sending out whoever it didn't fucking matter as long as those three were out mixing it up it didn't matter i think at this point if weber's getting beat this bad if, if we're all noticing it you know weber needs to just take a break like you said if it's an injury he needs a break if it's just the you know digression in his game needs to take a break and left let pd you know, if, if he's if he's capable, let let him run with it for a bit. You know, there's definite shifts. A couple shifts a night could could make the difference for us right now. You know, um, I just yeah, I'm not willing to say <clears throat> Shea Weber has really regressed yet, but something's wrong with his, and I don't think it's just a slump. Um, it's been kind of getting worse as the weeks have progressed. And I just think you're holding on to something that isn't there anymore by playing him on your top pair. Petrie, you're, you're giving Edmondson the support. I think Edmondson's a great, or sorry, Weber, the support. Edmondson's a great support D, right? Edmondson's makes looking even better. better because he's gone from a, with Petrie and had a phenomenal run. And then is going to, quote unquote, save and help Shea Weber. You know, like let. It's just, I don't know. It's you, you could see why it was so smart to put Edmonds in there because he is legitimately, you know, to the best of his abilities in the moment, saving Shea Weber when it's needed. Yeah, I just think it's stupid to give Weber the support. Right when clearly Petrie is going to benefit more from it. He's going to do more with it, and he's our best defenseman. Now, now uh, I know that this is Ducharme's world right now, right? But in the beginning of the season, Bergevin and uh, Julian, the Jake Allen idea was to take some games off of uh, Carey Price, let him have some, some rest, you know, for him to play better. It looked phenomenal. Uh, we, you know, obviously, Carey Price is playing more games now under Ducharme, but why does that mentality not go with Shea Weber? Why are we forcing Shea Weber to die, uh, uh, to, to just play worse, I guess? I mean, not every game is like this. Not every shift is like this. But if you see a legitimate problem, why are you just letting him go out and die than to take some time off of him? You know, give him a give him a, a rest. Put him on the second. You know, make some movements that help him. I mean, he struggled in the beginning with Sherratt, and and he's still struggling now. Like like you said, it could be an injury. It could be just, you know, whatever it is. If we had the mindset to help carry Price, well, why aren't we doing that for the captain? Why aren't we doing that for you know our? I, I just best? think that in a way that's what they're trying to do and i think it's failing because they're giving him ample opportunity on the power play 
giving them ice time. They're, they're giving them the good partner. They're getting good offensive zone situations, and it's just not working. What I think he truly needs is a puck-moving defenseman, a young guy like Mete Romanov, and he needs to just sit back. He needs the coast on the blue, and that's it. Yes, that's what he needs to rebuild his game because right now, offensively, he's a black hole, and he's struggling defensively too. Yeah. But, I mean, hopefully, you know, the, the boys are still in this game. Like we said, goaltenders battle here. Hopefully, we can uh, break Jack Campbell again. This guy's looked phenomenal. And I'm excited to see. Uh, I think this game's going to pick up a lot in the third. Yes, uh, I, I don't. I mean, obviously, there's no choice but to pick it up. And for us, we're actually in a pretty good state. Um. Like, uh, like I was saying before, like our, our, you know, we're playing a very dominant game. We're up as of right now, sixteen to seven on hits. Uh, we're winning in the faceoff circle. Uh, we're their giveaways are just out of control right now. It's it's twenty five to our ten. Um, we just need to capitalize on it, and I think the boys are, are starting to pick apart. They're starting to to find. They're gonna find something, and as long as we play a total defensive game right now because I think we're doing a pretty bang-up job on it. You know, there were moments in the second where it was falling off, but there was guys on there that, that definitely needed to get off the ice, wasn't getting get given an opportunity to. But um, I think if we can if we can outlast the second, I think the third we go in and play the same type of game um, and Jake Allen stays stays on top like he's been. I think I think this is a good this is a good run for us. Also uh we haven't talked about it. Mark Mark Saul. I thought he, uh, I thought it was going to be bad when he took that. Uh, it looked like he took the uh, skate blade to the face. Whew. Thank God that wasn't an injury. Yeah, I'm happy uh, Eric Stahl didn't get injured. Did I call him Mark Stahl again? Yeah. Um, but the uh, the period's starting already in the third. So let's get back to it, folks. Wrap things is, up uh, here. All right, folks. We're going to wrap it up here. Thank y'all so much. This has been Habs Nightly. Please follow us. By you vendors and abs nightly. This is the end of the show. You guys have a great night. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. He's my brother, man. And we are the brothers of discussion hosting Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas about your Detroit Red Wings finally have a hope. In a season mired in tragedy and despair, we are here to be your audible Earl Grey, to bring joy, placidity, and perspective to one of the roughest eras of Red Wing history. Ah! We honor the past, find the positives in the present. I swear they're there. And paint the picture of what's to come in the Winged Wheels future. Paul Woods here on the radio broadcast, your Detroit Red Wings, and I'm going to play games like, Who's that? Who's that? Come on. Where Matt has to try and guess quotes pulled right out of context for Jeff Blashell, and we got to figure out who that Red Wing is. <laughs> Every episode, we put ourselves in the legendary shoes of Steve Iserman and play Be the GM. Finding ways to ice a competitive team while accumulating assets for the franchise's future. We also shoot the breeze. Some of the great local and national voices in Red Wings hockey, including Ken Kell and Keith Gave, 
and Greg Wachinski and Ryan Lambert. Check us out every Monday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. And check us out live every Wednesday and Sunday for Red Wings reactions and live conversations with you on our YouTube channel, The Brothers of Discussion. 